Section 21 of Our National Parks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our National Parks by John Muir. Chapter 10, Part 1 The American Forests. The forests of America, however slighted by man, must have been a great delight to God for they were the best he ever planted the whole continent was a garden and from the beginning it seemed to be favored above all the other wild parks and gardens of the globe to prepare the ground it was rolled and sifted and seized with infinite loving deliberation and forethought lifted into the light submerged and warmed over and over again pressed and crumpled into folds and ridges mountains and hills subsoiled with heavy volcanic fires ploughed in ground and sculptured into scenery and soil with glaciers and rivers every feature growing and changing from beauty to beauty higher and higher and in the fullness of time it was planted in groves and belts and broad exuberant mantling forests with the largest most varied most fruitful and most beautiful trees in the world bright seas made its border with wave embroidery and icebergs gray deserts were outspread in the middle of it mossy tundras on the north savannas on the south and blooming prairies and plains while lakes and rivers shone through all the vast forests and openings and happy birds and beasts gave delightful animation everywhere everywhere over all the blessed continent there were beauty and melody and kindly wholesome foodful abundance these forests were composed of about five hundred species of trees all of them in some way useful to man ranging in size from twenty-five feet in height and less than one foot in diameter at the ground to four hundred feet in height and more than twenty feet in diameter lordly monarchs proclaiming the gospel of beauty like apostles for many a century after the ice ploughs were melted nature fed them and dressed them every day working like a man a loving devoted painstaking gardener fingering every leaf and flower in the mossy furrowed bowl bending trimming modeling balancing painting them with the loveliest colors bringing over them now clouds with cooling shadows and showers now sunshine fanning them with gentle winds and rustling their leaves exercising them in every fiber with storms and pruning them loading them with flowers and fruit loading them with snow and ever making them more beautiful as the years rolled by wide branching oak and elm in endless variety walnut and maple chestnut and beech ilex and locust touching limb to limb spread a leafy translucent canopy along the coast of the atlantic over the wrinkled folds and ridges of the alleghanies a green billowy sea in summer golden and purple in autumn pearly gray like a steadfast frozen mist of interlacing branches and sprays and leafless restful winter to the southward stretched dark level-topped cypresses and knobby tangled swamps grassy savannas in the midst of them like lakes of light groves of gay sparkling spice trees magnolias and palms glossy-leaved and blooming and shining continually to the northward over maine and ottawa rose hosts of spiry rosiny evergreens white pine and spruce hemlock and cedar shoulder to shoulder laden with purple cones 
their myriad needles sparkling and shimmering covering hills and swamps rocky headlands and domes ever bravely aspiring and seeking the sky the ground in their shade now snow-cloud and frozen now mossy and flowery beaver meadows here and there full of lilies and grass lakes gleaming like eyes and a silvery embroidery of rivers and creeks watering and brightening all the vast glad wilderness thence westward were oak and elm hickory and tupelo gum and liriodendron sassafras and ash linden and laurel spreading on ever wider in glorious exuberance over the great fertile basin of the mississippi over damp level bottoms low dimpling hollows and round dotting hills embosoming sunny prairies and cheery park openings half sunshine half shade while a dark wilderness of pines covered the region around the great lakes then still westward swept the forest to right and left around grassy plains and deserts a thousand miles wide irrepressible hosts of spruce and pine aspen and willow nut pine and juniper cactus and yucca caring nothing for drought extending undaunted from mountain to mountain over mesa and desert to join the darkening multitudes of pines that covered the high rocky ranges and the glorious forests along the coast of the moist and balmy pacific where new species of pine giant cedars and spruces silver firs and sequoias kings of their race growing close together like grass in a meadow poised their brave domes and spires in the sky three hundred feet above the ferns and the lilies that enameled the ground towering serene through the long centuries preaching god's forestry fresh from heaven here the forests reached their highest development hence they went wavering northward over icy alaska brave spruce and fir poplar and birch by the coasts and the rivers to within sight of the arctic ocean american forests the glory of the world surveyed thus from the east to the west from the north to the south they are rich beyond thought immortal immeasurable enough and to spare for every feeding sheltering beast and bird insect and son of adam and nobody need have cared had there been no pines in norway no cedars and deodars on lebanon and the himalayas no vine-clad selvas in the basin of the amazon with such variety harmony and triumphant exuberance even nature it would seem must have rested content with the forests of north america and planted no more so they appeared a few centuries ago when they were rejoicing in wildness the indians with stone axes could do them no more harm than could gnawing beavers and browsing moose even the fires of the indians and the fierce shattering lightning seemed to work together only for good in clearing spots here and there for smooth garden prairies and openings for sunflowers seeking the light but when the steel axe of the white man rang out on the startled air their doom was sealed every tree heard the bodeful sound and pillars of smoke gave the sign in the sky i suppose we need not go mourning the buffaloes in the nature of things they had to give place to better cattle though the change might have been made without barbarous wickedness likewise many of nature's five hundred kinds of wild trees had to make way for orchards and cornfields in the settlement and civilization of the country bread more than timber or beauty was wanted and in the blindness of hunger the early settlers claiming heaven as their guide regarded god's trees as only a larger kind of pernicious weeds 
extremely hard to get rid of accordingly with no eye to the future these pious destroyers waged interminable forest wars ships flew thick and fast trees in their beauty fell crashing by millions smashed to confusion and the smoke of their burning has been rising to heaven more than two hundred years after the atlantic coast from maine to georgia had been mostly cleared and scorched into melancholy ruins the overflowing multitude of bread and money seekers poured over the alleghanies into the fertile middle west spreading ruthless devastation ever wider and farther over the rich valley of the mississippi in the vast shadowy pine region about the great lakes thence still westward the invading horde of destroyers called settlers made its fiery way over the broad rocky mountains felling and burning more fiercely than ever until at last it has reached the wild side of the continent and entered the last of the great aboriginal forests on the shores of the pacific surely then it should not be wondered at that lovers of their country bewailing its baldness are now crying aloud save what is left of the forest clearing has surely now gone far enough soon timber will be scarce and not a grove will be left to rest in or pray in the remnant protected will yield plenty of timber a perennial harvest for every right use without further diminution of its area it will continue to cover the springs of the rivers that rise in the mountains and give irrigating waters to the dry valleys at their feet prevent wasting floods and be a blessing to everybody forever every other civilized nation in the world has been compelled to care for its forests and so must we if waste and destruction are not to go on to the bitter end leaving america as barren as palestine or spain in its calmer moments in the midst of bewildering hunger and war and the restless over industry prussia has learned that the forest plays an important part in human progress and that the advance in civilization only makes it more indispensable it has therefore as shown by mr pinchot refused to deliver its forests to more or less speedy destruction by permitting them to pass into private ownership but the state woodlands are not allowed to lie idle on the contrary they are made to produce as much timber as is possible without spoiling them in the administration of its forests the state righteously considers itself bound to treat them as a trust for the nation as a whole and to keep in view the common good of the people for all time in france no government forests have been sold since eighteen seventy on the other hand about one-half of the fifty million francs spent on forestry has been given to engineering works to make the replanting of denuded areas possible the disappearance of the forests in the first place it is claimed may be traced in most cases directly to mountain pasturage the provisions of the code concerning private woodlands are substantially these no private owner may clear his woodlands without giving notice to the government at least four months in advance and the forest service may forbid the clearing on the following grounds to maintain the soil on mountains to defend the soil against erosion and flooding by rivers or torrents to ensure the existence of springs or watercourses to protect the dunes and seashore etc a proprietor who has cleared his forest without permission is subject to heavy fine and in addition may be made to replant the cleared area in switzerland after many laws like our own had been found wanting the swiss forest school was established in eighteen sixty five 
and soon after the federal forest law was enacted which is binding over nearly two-thirds of the country under its provisions the cantons must appoint and pay the number of suitably educated foresters required for the fulfillment of the forest law and in the organization of a normally stocked forest the object of first importance must be the cutting each year of an amount of timber equal to the total annual increase and no more the russian government passed a law in eighteen eighty eight declaring that clearing is forbidden in protected forests and is allowed in others only when its effects will not be to disturb the suitable relations which should exist between forest and agricultural lands even japan is ahead of us in the management of her forests they cover an area of about twenty nine million acres the feudal lords valued the woodlands and enacted vigorous protective laws and when in the latest civil war the mikado government destroyed the feudal system it declared the forest that had belonged to the feudal lords to be the property of the state promulgated a forest law binding on the whole kingdom and founded a school of forestry in tokyo the forest service does not rest satisfied with the present proportion of woodland but looks to planting the best forest trees it can find in any country if likely to be useful and to thrive in japan in india systematic forest management was begun about forty years ago under difficulties presented by the character of the country the prevalence of running fires opposition from lumbermen settlers etc not unlike those which confront us now of the total area of government forests perhaps seventy million acres fifty-five million acres have been brought under the control of the forestry department a larger area than that of all our national parks and reservations the chief aims of the administration are effective protection of the forest from fire an efficient system of regeneration and cheap transportation of the forest products the results so far have been most beneficial and encouraging it seems therefore that almost every civilized nation can give us a lesson on the management and care of forests so far our government has done nothing effective with its forests though the best in the world but is like a rich and foolish spendthrift who has inherited a magnificent estate in perfect order and then has left his fields and meadows forests and parks to be sold and plundered and wasted at will depending on their inexhaustible abundance now it is plain that the forests are not inexhaustible and that quick measures must be taken if ruin is to be avoided year by year the remnant is growing smaller before the axe and fire while the laws in existence provide neither for the protection of the timber from destruction nor for its use where it is most needed as is shown by mr e a bowers formerly inspector of the public land service the foundation of our protective policy which has never protected is an act passed march first eighteen seventeen which authorized the secretary of the navy to reserve lands producing live oak and cedar for the sole purpose of supplying timber for the navy of the united states an extension of this law by the passage of the act of march second eighteen thirty one provided that if any person should cut live oak or red cedar trees or other timber from the lands of the united states for any other purpose than the construction of the navy such person should pay a fine not less than triple the value of the timber cut and be imprisoned for a period not exceeding twelve months 
upon this old law as mr bowers points out having the construction of a wooden navy in view the united states government has to-day chiefly to rely on protecting its timber through the arid regions of the west where none of the naval timber which the law had in mind is to be found by the act of june third eighteen seventy eight timber could be taken from public lands not subject to entry under any existing laws except for minerals by bona fide residents of the rocky mountain states and territories and the dakotas under the timber and stone act of the same date land in the pacific states and nevada valuable mainly for timber and unfit for cultivation if the timber is removed can be purchased for two dollars and a half an acre under certain restrictions by the act of march third eighteen seventy five all land-grant and right-of-way railroads are authorized to take timber from the public lands adjacent to their lines for construction purposes and they have taken it with a vengeance destroying a hundred times more than they have used mostly by allowing fires to run in the woods the settlement laws under which a settler may enter lands valuable for timber as well as for agriculture furnish another means of obtaining title to public timber with the exception of the timber culture act under which in consideration of planting a few acres of seedlings settlers on the treeless plains got one hundred and sixty acres each the above is the only legislation aiming to protect and promote the planting of forests in no other way than under some one of these laws can a citizen of the united states make any use of the public forests to show the results of the timber planting act it need only be stated that of the thirty-eight million acres entered under it less than one million acres have been patented this means that less than fifty thousand acres have been planted with stunted woebegone almost hopeless sprouts of trees while at the same time the government has allowed millions of acres of the grandest forest trees to be stolen or destroyed or sold for nothing under the act of june third eighteen seventy eight settlers in colorado and the territories were allowed to cut timber for mining and educational purposes from mineral land which in the practical west means both cutting and burning anywhere and everywhere for any purpose on any sort of public land thus the prospector the miner and mining and railroad companies are allowed by law to take all the timber they like for their mines and roads and the forbidden settler if there are no mineral lands near his farm or stock ranch or none that he knows of can hardly be expected to forbear taking what he needs wherever he can find it timber is as necessary as bread and no scheme of management failing to recognize and properly provide for this want can possibly be maintained in any case it will be hard to teach the pioneers that it is wrong to steal government timber taking from the government is with them the same as taking from nature and their consciences flinch no more in cutting timber from the wild forest than in drawing water from a lake or river as for reservation and protection of forests it seems as silly and needless to them as protection and reservation of the ocean would be both appearing to be boundless and inexhaustible the special land agents employed by the general land office to protect the public domain from timber depredations are supposed to collect testimony to sustain prosecution and to superintend such prosecution on behalf of the government which is represented by the district attorneys 
but timber thieves of the western class are seldom convicted for the good reason that most of the jurors who try such cases are themselves as guilty as those on trial the effect of the present confused discriminating and unjust system has been to place almost the whole population in opposition to the government and as conclusive of its futility as shown by mr bowers we need only state that during the seven years from eighteen eighty one to eighteen eighty seven inclusive the value of the timber reported stolen from the government lands was thirty six million seven hundred and nineteen thousand nine hundred and thirty five dollars and the amount recovered was four hundred and seventy eight thousand seventy three dollars while the cost of the services of special agents alone was four hundred and fifty five thousand dollars to which must be added the expense of the trials thus for nearly thirty seven million dollars worth of timber the government got less than nothing and the value of that consumed by running fires during the same period without benefit even to thieves was probably over two hundred millions of dollars land commissioners and secretaries of the interior have repeatedly called attention to this ruinous state of affairs and asked congress to enact the requisite legislation for reasonable reform but busied with tariffs etc congress has given no heed to these or other appeals and our forests the most valuable and the most destructible of all the natural resources of the country are being robbed and burned more rapidly than ever the annual appropriation for so-called protection service is hardly sufficient to keep twenty-five timber agents in the field and as far as any efficient protection of timber is concerned these agents themselves might as well be timber footnote a change for the better compelled by public opinion is now going on nineteen o one and footnote that a change from robbery and ruin to a permanent rational policy is urgently needed nobody with the slightest knowledge of american forests will deny in the east and along the northern pacific coast where the rainfall is abundant comparatively few care keenly what becomes of the trees so long as fuel and lumber are not noticeably dear but in the rocky mountains and california and arizona where the forests are inflammable and where the fertility of the lowlands depends upon irrigation public opinion is growing stronger every year in favor of permanent protection by the federal government of all the forests that cover the sources of the streams even lumbermen in these regions long accustomed to steel are now willing and anxious to buy lumber for their mills under cover of law some possibly from a late second growth of honesty but most especially of the small mill owners simply because it no longer pays to steal where all may not only steal but also destroy and in particular because it costs about as much to steal timber for one mill as for ten and therefore the ordinary lumberman can no longer compete with the large corporations many of the miners find that timber is already becoming scarce and dear on the denuded hills around their mills and they too are asking for protection of forests at least against fire the slow-going unthrifty farmers also are beginning to realize that when the timber is stripped from the mountains the irrigating streams dry up in summer and are destructive in winter that soil scenery and everything slips off with the trees so of course they are coming into the ranks of tree friends of all the magnificent coniferous forests around the great lakes once the property of the united states scarcely any belong to it now they have disappeared in lumber and smoke mostly smoke 
and the government got not one cent for them only the land they were growing on was considered valuable and two and a half dollars an acre was charged for it here and there in the southern states there are still considerable areas of timbered government land but these are comparatively unimportant only the forests of the west are significant in size and value and these although still great are rapidly vanishing last summer of the unrivaled redwood forests of the pacific coast range the united states forestry commission could not find a single quarter section that remained in the hands of the government footnote the state of california recently appropriated two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy a block of redwood land near santa cruz for a state park a much larger national park should be made in humboldt or mendocino county End footnote. under the timber and stone act of eighteen seventy eight which might well have been called the dust and ashes act any citizen of the united states could take up one hundred and sixty acres of timberland and by paying two dollars and a half an acre for it obtain title there was some virtuous effort made with a view to limit the operations of the act by requiring that the purchaser should make affidavit that he was entering the land exclusively for his own use and by not allowing any association to enter more than one hundred and sixty acres nevertheless under this act wealthy corporations have fraudulently obtained title to from ten thousand to twenty thousand acres or more the plan was usually as follows a mill company desirous of getting title to a large body of redwood or sugar pine land first blurred the eyes and ears of the land agents and then hired men to enter the land they wanted and immediately deed it to the company after a nominal compliance with the law false swearing in the wilderness against the government being held of no account in one case which came under the observation of mr bowers was the practice of a lumber company to hire the entire crew of every vessel which might happen to touch at any port in the redwood belt to enter one hundred and sixty acres each and immediately deed the land to the company in consideration of the company's paying all expenses and giving the jolly sailors fifty dollars apiece for their trouble by such methods have our magnificent redwoods and much of the sugar-pine forests of the sierra nevada been absorbed by foreign and resident capitalists uncle sam is not often called a fool in business matters yet he has sold millions of acres of timberland at two dollars and a half an acre on which a single tree was worth more than a hundred dollars but this priceless land has been patented and nothing can be done now but the crazy bargain according to the everlasting law of righteousness even the fraudulent buyers at less than one per cent of its value are making little or nothing on account of fierce competition the trees are felled and about half of each giant is left on the ground to be converted into smoke and ashes the better half is sawed into choice lumber and sold to citizens of the united states or to foreigners thus robbing the country of its glory and impoverishing it without right benefits to anybody a bad black business from beginning to end, end of section twenty one